I'm Ginger. And I'm Dutch. All right, welcome back for uh, another episode of Ginger and Dutch here. We got a fully loaded roster for uh, for episode three. And uh, before we jump right into the topics, last week we handled a bunch of the uh, housekeeping items. Just wanted to give a couple quick shout-outs and clarifications, and then we'll jump right into tonight's topic. So I wanted to shout-out a couple other podcasters out there, uh, one specifically that inspired uh, Dutch and I to, uh, to get this thing going. This was an idea that we've been sitting on for a couple of years, and I uh, just wanted to thank uh, Tyler Wolf and his uh, Counted Out Wrestling Podcast. Um, so if you ever need a wrestling fix or you want to uh, get into a little bit of old school wrestling, um, check out a couple of their podcasts. They just put one up about uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. And some other WrestleMania um, podcast as well. So there's some some cool stuff on there. Those guys are knowledgeable. And uh, if you need your wrestling fix for those uh, old school wrestling fans out there, I know there's a few in our listeners. Um, feel free to go there as well as um, E8. Steve Bourne uh, just launched a podcast, gave us a, a shout out as well. So thanks to those two podcasts for the shout out and uh, keep doing your thing and good luck along the way. Man, Wanted to get man, into I, a little. I, I love I love wrestling, man. I I, I so miss Saturday night's main event uh, back in the day. It's it's not the same as it is uh, way back when we were watching a stuff, but it's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's you know what it's it's totally changed, but um, you know what it's I still find myself sometimes going down the uh, the YouTube well, and I know uh, <laughs> a bunch of my friends get a bunch of uh, texts and uh gifts and memes and all that stuff uh in 2020 yeah. for me wrestling stuff i i sent out a rick flair woo one actually the, the other day in a group chat so yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, I still find myself going down that well yeah no, i saw you throw it out there uh how's it going anyways all right yeah everything's going good everything's going uh really good yep just uh yeah. doing my thing and getting through this covid yourself yeah, man, I can't wait to golf. Uh, I uh, I heard a little birdie was out uh, on the golf course checking things out uh, today with our maintenance crew. Uh, that would uh, would have been you, eh? Yeah, I was out there doing a little walk around. Yeah, just making sure. Um, I'm, I'll be hopping on the, one of the mowers probably uh, at the end of this week and changing my role a little bit. So, uh, you know, I just had to see what I was dealing with out there. Yeah, golf's around the corner. Listen, before we get started, I got to set a couple records straight here. First off, I got ribbed. Uh, a couple things last week. I got ribbed about my Raptors list, so I want to just clarify here my my we'll call it top five. So I I did mention uh, Lowry as so you want to clarify. One. You want to clarify Jose Calderon? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, put, I, I'm putting him in there, and I'm not changing my pick on that. But yeah, that's exactly what I want to clarify. Listen, last week I got carried away in the garage there, and. I know it's 420 today, so we'll see how today turns out, but I'm looking forward to uh, some fun here. So listen, we went Lowry, DeRozan. I, I have to put Kawhi there because he was he was in 345, and then I got all muffled up and changed it. Um, and we got Jose, Mose, Jose Calderon, and then we have Mighty Mouse, who I did mention. Uh, and I did leave Carter, Bosch off, simply just because they quit. That's just me. Uh, you can uh, We can argue all we want on it. And there's not even need to talk about Tracy McGrady because he quit as well but he wouldn't even have made my top 10 so he, he would make your he'd make your 420 top 10 though <laughs> yes he would every game right <laughs> yeah that's yeah. right he was uh he kicked it off with the old 
NBA era and and uh, smoking the marijuana and that whole thing. Everybody knows all the stories, so yeah, no need to get into it. Yeah. And uh, lastly was, uh, you know, somebody put on our Facebook page, which was great that uh, thanks for listening, uh, making fun of me and a Vikings fan. Hey, listen, at least I, uh, you know what, I've, I've been with them since 92 cheering for them. Uh, um, no, 91, I think. And uh, I was the guy wearing the purple and yellow jacket. So just because, because I wanted to have a different team. I'm like, uh, I wonder what this guy, he's probably a bandwagon, Patriots, Cowboys, Packers, or, you know, he probably did the sentimental, uh, he's daddy's, uh, daddy's old team who he used to cheer for. So, but no, I'm good for him uh, for giving me a, giving me a rib on it. Uh, at least I had an old school 84 uh, jersey there. So. Yeah, perfect. And that's uh, great to what we were talking about uh, on the social media side. We want that interaction and we look forward to it. And, and obviously we're not going to shy away from it. So. It's great that uh, that we had a little banter on there, and I know in a few group chats uh, I saw come through, uh, they were definitely not afraid to call uh, call you out on your Raptors top five list, and and I know <laughs> that uh, that um, you got a little excited there, especially when we got into the the Carter and Bosch talk, and you kind of flipped things around, but uh, you know it happens, and I'm glad that you clarified that for everybody. Yeah, wait till wait till tonight. Uh, uh, what's on tap? What's on tap? I'm ready to roll. Let's fire this up. Let's do it. I'm ready to get into it as well. So tonight we got a couple things, uh, but we'll start off with uh, obviously, what can you say? Uh, 6.3 million viewers for episode one, 5.8 million viewers on episode two. Uh, no, and that's not our podcast, everybody. It, that'll come <laughs> soon. Don't you worry. But um, no, the the last dance, it's what everybody's talking about. How could you not be talking about? It? We could probably spend a whole um, whole episode on, uh, on this, uh, on our podcast, but um, I just finished myself watching episode two this afternoon and uh, was blown away by it. Um, lead us off. What do you think? What do you think about it? I know you were a big Jordan fan. You named your son uh, partially after him or, or was one of the reasons why you named your yep. son that name. So, Yep. No, that's, that's, that's correct. Uh, I actually did the same thing. I watched it this afternoon. I even, uh, I even got the family involved uh, until a couple F bombs were thrown out by uh, Jordan, but uh what a different perspective. I know we were so spoiled with, you know, the, um, you know, the behind the lockers of all of these, all of these sports uh, and all the ESPN shows, all the different shows that they have uh, staying with a season, a team for uh, the entire season. And that. But different perspective. And this is only a tip of the iceberg. I know they're going to talk about all the stuff that you and I could argue about, you know, gambling and, and all the other behind the scenes, why he actually left uh, for the year and a half, but unreal. He's definitely uh, my favorite player. Um, I got chills watching it. Put it that way. We'll leave it at that. I got chills watching it, and that's only going to get better. And that's just because uh, good memories back, even with my dad watching it all the time. We were big Bulls fans. So, Yeah, no, exactly. And, and what I found for me, um, being a couple years younger than you, uh, was the fact that there were some things that I was learning along the way, stuff you don't remember about how he did it was with, with the contract negotiations with Pippen and, and, you know, just all those behind the scene things that you didn't know. And you're learning now where you just forgot along the way. Now that we're, uh, you know, 20, almost uh, a quarter of a uh, century past that moment. Well, yeah. And, and even, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Even ahead, when Dave. I, even, even me being young, right. It's uh, I was a, a bit older than you, but still for me, it was just, um, the sport, and I never really realized how much of a uh, we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, the the GM was especially with how he treated Pippen. Uh, 
I didn't didn't even realize it because that's not what we didn't we weren't privy to that. Whereas we we're all smashing our face now, social media that you see all the behind the scenes stuff. I had no clue. I had no clue that that's what went on. I mean, I knew some of the obviously the the main key things and some of the other statements that that was going to be. Uh, they told Jackson it was going to be his last year. I knew that, and we got a little bit more as the season went on, but. For, for some of the things so far, yeah, lots of stuff that I didn't know, which is amazing. And that's what's going to keep me watching. What is there, 10 episodes, right? 10 episodes, yeah. They're going to release them in uh, in two packs, it looks like, every uh, every Sunday. For the Can- us Canadian viewers that don't have uh, ESPN, we got to wait till it comes out on Netflix. But it's worth the wait, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. The one thing that I kind of was thinking about um, while watching it was, you know, what would be the only thing that would be relatable to me was if in this, in our era here in the last decade would be, you know, if, if the new England Patriots would have came out uh, after them winning all, all those Super Bowls and pretty much said, Belichick's gone uh, Brady, this is your, your last go. And you're all moving on after this year. Like, could you imagine them doing that? Um, three, four, five, six years ago. Like it, it would have been just, everybody would have been up in arms. Oh yeah, it would have been crazy, and we would have all found out about it so so quick that it would have been a huge uh, to do, and like it would have been the circus in town, right? So, yeah, like I said, for for it to, for us for it to, for us to watch this unfold, it'll uh, really give us a, an insight of what behind the scenes really goes on, and not just what we hear in in the media. Yeah, for sure, no doubt about that. Um, so I kind of got thinking about it along the way, and and watching some of the uh the old highlights about uh about michael and you know getting into it for me it, it brought me back to to uh you know a younger time when when i was growing up with i loved the the soundtrack you know they got the eric b rakim they got the notorious big ll cool j there at the end of episode two so that kind of really uh added a nice little yeah. touch but what kind of sparked my mind was you know you start to realize um you know how good good michael is and then you start to to look at um you know the statistics and you start to go down that well and you know it brings up that argument of of who's uh you know was he the greatest is he the greatest who's the greatest and uh you know i've kind of looked at that uh this afternoon and thought about it but um any thoughts on that we argue this all the time <laughs> there's just and, and I, I'm, I'm ready there's no questions asked hold on a sec i got a little fun here okay my favorite buddy all day long that's my favorite intro there is nobody better on the planet than Michael Jordan. Hands down, we can talk and we're going to, because I know you're going to throw me the argument. How can you, how can you even debate it? 13 years with the Bulls, we won't even talk about the Wizards. Okay. He played virtually every game except for when he broke his foot. He had one other half season. That's because he was dicking around in minor baseball for God knows what reason why. He played, do you know that he played out of the 10, 10 of the 13 seasons, he played minimum 87 times. He played 
every single game. He didn't miss a high school game, didn't miss a college game. We heard that today, actually, on the podcast. He was the best. He didn't have an off button. He never turned it off. And the stories are endless, hands down. Yeah, I'd have to. Uh, I don't think it's as clear cut as that. And I think uh, myself that there's there's definitely some contenders out there uh, from from Wilt and, and some other guys along the way. But to me, um, like I said, being a couple of years younger than you, I've got to look at LeBron James. Eight consecutive finals, nine, eight consecutive finals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But he, but, but he only won three times. I, I get that he won three times, but the careers are very similar. But you start to you start to break it down, um, you know. And I know you're ready for all my statistical arguments, you know. Uh, Jordan's taking 23 shots a game. They're both shooting 50%. LeBron's taking 19 a game. I would say at three less points a game. So Jordan's averaging 30. LeBron's averaging 27 over his career. LeBron is maybe a little bit more of an efficient scorer on four less shots, only getting three less points a game. What I love about LeBron and, and my argument about LeBron is that he affects the game in all different ways. And I don't know if I saw that with Michael. You, you know, you're averaging seven rebounds a night, seven assists a night. You know, you look at Michael. How, how can how can how can how can you say that? It, how can you say it in that in that way? You, you're um, Jordan here. Five assists, five rebounds, or sorry, six assists. Either way, Steph, you're looking at uh, a one and a half difference. We haven't talked about steals. We haven't talked about blocks. We haven't talked about it. You know, ten steals, ten steals in a game. Like, what do you mean he doesn't affect the game? Come on. He he played with way different in the mid in, in his mid go there when he was playing against the Pistons and they were playing actual defense. He was getting the shit kicked out of him night in and night out. You know, LeBron maybe once or twice, but oh now you can't even touch guys going into the line. And and LeBron's six nine, arguably six ten. He's a monster compared to what Jordan had to do to put the points up. So of course his percentage is going to be a little bit lower. Yeah, I, I get that, but but what I'm saying is is that that you're averaging two more assists a night, which means you're getting your team much more involved. Le- LeBron James is one of the greatest passers of all time. I would argue that with anybody. You you, you look at his court vision um, coming down that lane. Like you said, he's a monster, six foot nine, two fifty, uh, that can run faster than a tight end in a in a forty yard dash here, and he's dishing the ball left, he's dishing the ball right, he's making cross passes, cross court passes, he's doing this, he's doing that. He's doing everything, and he's affecting the game the the whole way around. Um, they're both averaging about two steals a game, uh, so that's a to me that's a wash. Yeah, where I start, I start to see it where you know, and, and even you even heard it from Phil Jackson. You heard it from uh, the general manager. What did they do in '87 when they lost to those Celtics? We all saw it on there. They they loaded up. They went and got Horace Grant. They went and got Scottie Pippen. They couldn't they couldn't get it done. You look well, at LeBron. Hey, listen, LeBron there's no the there's, there's finals. Let me finish. Yep. Let me finish. LeBron goes to the 06 finals against San Antonio and he gets he's got nobody. He's got who does he got playing with him? Like Kyle Korver and a- Anderson Verajao. Would you rather have Dennis Rodman or Anderson Verajao? Okay? Would you rather have Horace Grant or Ziljunas Ilgaskis? 
you're talking you're, you're talking Pippen. you're talking one season he, he he still he still had he still had when he was with Miami we all know who he had we we know he had Irving we know he had love with you know he still had there was you're talking one or two seasons where he didn't have that that's you know that's a that's not the, the the best argument to say that he had a bunch of nobodies because bottom line is he still only won three out of the eight times he was there. Jordan was perfect and everybody knows that. I'm not just pulling stats because I that's everybody knows he was perfect. And you know what? If he didn't take those year and a half off of baseball, I'd argue that they would have went eight for eight and they would have won eight straight, eight straight, and that would have never been touched. There's not a guy out there in any of the, if we look at the goats for every sport per se in the, the world, not every sport, but the three major ones who we could argue who were the best ever. None of them have gone perfect. There's only one that's gotten six rings and that's Brady. Yeah, I know Russell and I know in basketball terms, there's guys that have 11, 12, 13 titles. I get it. But we're talking the best ofs, even, even, even if you throw Magic in there, you throw Kobe in there. They only had five. Jordan, six for six. Perfect. I don't know if I'm starting an NBA franchise in this day and age. I'm starting. I'm I'm getting Michael Jordan number one. He's my pick all day long. I I think I got to go with LeBron. There's a couple other things you start to look at uh, some of the advanced statistics that that they didn't have back then. Uh, value over replacement. So that's bringing a replacement player in. Um, number one of all time is LeBron James. Uh, win shares, which means that when you leave that court. How many effective wins, which is this is what this is all about, is number two of all time, LeBron James. Granted, Jordan's number three, but LeBron's still better than them and significantly better than them. This is these are the advanced statistics that we start to talk about that they didn't talk about back then. And these are are spots where LeBron is significantly better than Jordan. And the the teammate argument has to be has to be there because that was a different era the free agent era the the holdout the pay me now do you think anybody as good as scotty pippen is in the league so you take scotty pippen at a top five player and you and you transfer that over and you put them with lebron james you put a uh a kevin kevin durant you put anybody like that and you underpay them the way they underpaid scotty pippen nobody can deny that you think they're going to play three or four years and win championships and just sit there and, and, and do what they do? No, they're going to hold out. LeBron, LeBron hasn't had anybody, and he's done it on his own. He took the Cavs to the 06 finals by himself with nobody. Jordan could not do that. Jordan was, would fall short. So that's the, not fair to, the, that's the, not the, fair the to say that he couldn't do it. That's not fair to say he couldn't do it. He just When his team, as he started to go, you saw it today in the uh, – in um, the, the second episode there on what he did, even in his early days on putting the points up and trying to carry his back when he had nobody as he started to develop. And as he started to go while well, they built that team. So it's not fair to say, well, you know, when they were gone, oh, we can look at a small little lump sum that, oh, you know, um, in the start of this, this 97 season there when without Pippen, they start off a little bit rocky, but he, uh, he writes that ship as you see in the, you know, in the, in the last answer, you, you see that. So, I don't know. It's a great argument to have. And, and really, I don't, I mean, we could debate it for life, um, but I don't know. That's, that's my pick. You got uh, LeBron. Hey, you know what? It's a good argument. I'd love to hear what uh, our listeners have to say for sure. Maybe we'll throw up a little vote and see what, uh, what comes about on our, on our page. Yeah, for sure. We can, uh, we can definitely do that. And that's a great little, uh, you know, kind of way to end it off because both uh, obviously transcend the sport. 
um, what I've always said to you sometimes, and I think I think you've realized it now, and people maybe have realized it going back and watching this, is that you don't always appreciate the greatness when you're watching it every week or you're watching it in front of you unfold. Uh, sometimes you need a little bit of time to appreciate it like a fine wine, right? You, you appreciate that wine and you go back and now we're going back and watching, you know, one of the greatest and everybody's kind of appreciating just how good he was. Right. So yeah, for sure. Um, keep it on that basketball front. Um, big decision in, in the world of basketball uh, made this week by uh, Jalen Green, 18 years old taking the money over um, going to the NCAA. Maybe with what's happened in the world, that was had a little bit to do with it, but raises that question of, of do we feel, you know, I kind of feel this may be the start of where, you know, Kevin, Gar- Kevin Garnett and Kobe Bryant and all those guys coming out of high school. Is this the new, the new way that, uh, you know, the D league doesn't have that age requirement. And all of a sudden we're going to see, kids coming out of high school and choosing the money in the D league over the NCAA. Well, it has to, that has to be, that's, you know what, it's not to say where, where these, you know, kids are coming from, if they're coming from, from uh, money or not money, uh, you know what, life is too short with it. And you got to start making these decisions early. And I know everybody says education is, is still, you know, number one. Um, it's not doing uh, too well, right? Right. Well, I shouldn't say that maybe it is, but you know, I don't know. I would take the money if I had the opportunity to go there and uh, for, if you knew you weren't going to be a big time in the, in the show, why wouldn't you try to showcase your talents while you're getting paid for it? Yeah. But some of these guys, when, when they go there, they're going to be 18 years old playing with, with guys that are 21, 22, 23, uh, who don't know if they're even going to get in the league who are, are really, could be partying, could be um, not taking their career as serious. And and that's the example we want to show them instead of going to, to a Duke or going to a Kentucky where, with Calipari and, and um, Mike Krzyzewski and Roy Williams. And, you know, I don't need to go on yeah. about the list of, of good NCAA coaches and getting, you know, expanding your game and, you know, look how important it was to, to Jordan. Yep. Um, yeah, absolutely. Right. He, he had uh, Smith in there telling him, Listen, you had three years. You, you had your. You had a good run. Uh, we're we're fine. You need to go play. I, I totally understand that um, perspective of it. It's it's a tough decision because it's A or B, right? I mean, you're you're looking at either way. I I can't argue on both. Like I can't argue either way, which I think is right or wrong. So I don't know. I don't know. What do you like? What do you ultimately think? I just I'm just worried that the D they they go into the D league. They they're learning from guys that that aren't in the show aren't in the NBA um, and aren't showing them NBA habits. Um, you get in there and you, you get with a guy like Dwayne Wade. He's going to, he's going to show you how to win. Yeah. He, you know, a guy like Michael Jordan, a guy like LeBron James, um, Dirk Nowitzki, Steve Nash, like the list goes on and on of all these guys that, that are not only great players, but are showing players around them how to win. Yeah. Um, I don't think you're going to get that in the D league. I think the D league, everybody's going to be, you know, effectively out for themselves because they're trying to get that land, that 10 day contract or that month contract. And they're not really developing you as a person. Okay. There are some coaches down there that will help you and some, some good ones, Jerry Stackhouse. And and there's some good ones down there, but um, I can't see a top prospect prospect doing it though. Jinj, I can't. And if you look at it that way, 
why wouldn't you, like you said, go to one of the top schools if you're a top coming out of high school, top, let's say you're top 20, top 30 coming out of high school, you know, showcase yourself there so that you can get drafted and land a big, bigger contract, right? I think the only guys that are really going to go are going to be guys that are, uh, yeah, you know what, you're you're good out of high school, um, good enough to, it, it's an argument because the, the D-League doesn't want to take a guy that's not good enough, but yeah so, but the flip side is is are you if you're if you're a top 10 uh all-american are you um high school are you gonna go and play in the d-league i don't know i you're i don't know maybe i wouldn't do, i wouldn't do that no yeah and it's it, it is it's that that age-old question like we've seen certain guys do different things you know kobe went over over and played in europe because he wanted to play against a little bit of a stiffer competition yeah. um, so guys are going to do certain things but you know, long term for the majority of of these high school athletes coming out, uh, I think I think going and even if it, even if the education is a is a farce, which we we can have, that's a whole separate argument. Um, at least they're they're on the campus. They've got it in to go back to school if they need to. If they go to the D League, and and you know they don't have any other education other than the D League, and this D League plan flaunts for them. What are these kids going to do? Yeah, yeah. You know, you could be 22, 23 years old. You got no in at any of these big name schools. You know, at least if you go there for a year or two, you go to the show, you blow your knee out. At least you've got contacts to go back to these big name schools and get yourself an education and get, you know, life back on track after, yeah. you know, getting in. Yeah, I couldn't agree more on that one for sure. It, it, I, yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, so let's, that's a, a good transition, actually. So let's transition from, you know, all these, all these young kids coming out of high school from a basketball perspective over to um, what's happening this week uh, with some young kids coming out of college now uh, for the NFL draft. So what's after me and you discussed what we, we kind of felt was best is, you know, no one's, no one's going to come to us, uh, you know, because there's the Daniel Jeremiah's and there's all these guys out there that, that are going to give them much more, uh, you know, inside scoop on, you know, who's going to be the seventh overall pick. So we kind of, Tonight, wanted to cover the draft in a little bit of a creative way. So, you know, John and I have picked a couple teams um, that we feel the draft is is ultra important on. But uh, I just want to dip into, did you see any of the uh, the news today on, uh, I guess they did that mock draft. Did you hear anything about it, Dutch? No, I didn't see that. What was the latest one? <laughs> so, so uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and, and right off the bat, you said, you know, your first words on, on episode one of our podcast, we brought up the NFL and, and them going ahead with the draft. And you said, is it going to get hacked? Well, their first pick, the Cincinnati Bengals, had a had a technology glitch of three minutes. Oh. So uh, Thursday night might be a little bit interesting as we uh, as we watch because uh, they could be in a little bit of trouble there. Oh, my. Yeah, that's just, like I told you, it's going to be a disaster. And at least they're trying the mock draft, but I don't know. I don't think it's going to work. Um, it's it's going to be difficult to do. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So uh, I know our viewers were interested to tune into the draft and, you know, I am especially now after hearing that and um, we'll see what happens here on Thursday night. So we wanted to pick a couple important teams, a couple teams that we feel the draft doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't really matter for because maybe they're too good, not good enough, whatever it may be. So um, Dutch, why don't you, uh, why don't you lead us off with uh, what you've prepared and, and what your thoughts are on uh, a couple teams for, for the upcoming draft here on the, on the weekend. You made it like I prepared a lot. Well, I don't give a shit about the draft. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I do. I do care. But you know what? Uh, after, after, after the first two rounds, it's kind of over. Although we, you know, we're going to get into talking about, 
how actually important the draft is better more than any other sport because you usually get more starters out of the draft right what's the nfl draft uh what are we how many rounds seven rounds seven rounds we exactly go. right yeah so you know you usually get three or four starters out of there which is uh which is important but um i picked the patriots i think it's 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 probably their most important draft without Brady now and with the, with what they've put themselves together in and the whole, you know, we all know Bilicek and his crew and, and their philosophies are so um, dynamic and that's what's ultimately made them to be the champions that they are. What's the next show? Um, you know, everybody's talking, they're going to go all in with a, you know, they're going to spend a high draft pick with a quarterback, but you really think that, that, that they're going to do that. I think it's important that they come out with an amazing draft because if they don't, you know what? Brady's ultimately going to get the last laugh, I guess. With that, uh, I, I see them. I see them going uh, deep. Maybe not in the first round. I see them maybe, maybe waiting another, maybe waiting around and then picking a quarterback up. There's a lot there, but you know the first couple are going to go right off the, off the bat. They're in the top five. I would say the top five. You're going to take arguably the two best quarterbacks gone out of the draft, right? Yeah, but but don't they don't they have to get the next quarterback here, like? Belichick ain't getting any younger here. How how long? How much longer is he going to coach for? Um, I don't know. Don't I don't know. That... Dick LeBeau coached for uh, for how long? Oh, he was yeah. Dick LeBeau was seventy, but they they got to go quarterback. No, yeah, they have to. Just when are they going to do it? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I know I've had, I've had some talks um, with some some Patriots uh, colleagues of mine. I won't call them friends because no. No Patriot supporter is any friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Mike McEachern. But, um, yeah, I don't think they got enough firepower with their draft unless they're going to give up the whole draft to go get one of those top guys like you talked about, John. Yeah. But I, I do feel that they've got to go get somebody here other than Jared Stidham to um, make this role for them unless they feel that Stidham's the guy. But uh, I think there'll be a lot of question marks after that. But. It is an important draft for them um, along the way. Who do you think uh, th- this draft truly doesn't matter who they who they get um, well, from, I, from a draft I, perspective? I hate being the the the, the easy way out, uh, but the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, sure they lost a couple guys to free agency, but they've you know they've got arguably still the best offense in the game. They have the best quarterback in the game. Um, we can argue another day on the coach. Um, he is a good coach, but you and I always have our. our he got a Super Bowl he, though. He got a yeah, Super Bowl. Done. Andy friggin' Reed finally got a Super Bowl, so we can't argue that. But I just I think the Chiefs. It doesn't really matter what they do. They pick up. Uh, you know, they they go what whatever they do in the draft if in the first two, and they go defense, defense. Um, th- that's it, really. They haven't really lost uh, anybody major, um, in my opinion. While Fuller was good, right. Um, yeah, but Fuller was a, a good piece. Yeah, yeah but other LaShawn McCoy, but he was a healthy scratch by the time it, the, the Super Bowl even rolled around. So. That's right, that's right. And you and I always talk about running backs, and especially in a system like yep. that, there you you can plop guys in uh, in that spot for sure. What about you? What do you? Uh, who do you think? Well, I, I know you're gonna uh, you're gonna appreciate this, and and you know how much I love diving into all these mock drafts and all this stuff. Uh, anybody who knows me knows that uh, I'm just a junkie for this stuff, but. And I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball here, but I think it's an important draft, and I'm not going to pick a team, and I'm not going to go too deep into all these teams, but I think it's an important draft for the entire NFC North division. Oh. Because 
number one, let's, so let's start with, uh, you know, the, the, the reigning NFC North champs, Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers getting older, uh, you know, just like, just like uh, Jordan couldn't do it at the end and LeBron needs a, a, a healthy thing. I think Aaron Rodgers needs a healthy cast alongside him to go get this done. And they need to find some more weapons other than Devontae Adams um, and whatever other two no-name wide receivers that they had with them last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got to go find some more weapons for him. Uh, the defense showed that it's it's sustainable last year uh, and good enough to, to make a somewhat of a deep playoff run, but they've got to go get somebody to help him out. Then we move on to the Minnesota Vikings. Huge draft. Six picks in the top uh, 100. They've lost a lot of pieces on defense. Dutch, as you know, um, Xavier Rhodes, Everson Griffin, still a, a free agent out there. Nobody signed him. Rumors all over the map on him. Um, so they've lost some key pieces on defense, and uh, they traded away arguably a top 10 wide receiver. Oh, they're going to pick up his brother. They're going to pick up his brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, I actually, so actually, I think, uh, not to cut you off, I think um, I think the Bills may uh, look uh, down the road, depending on how long he lasts. I heard today that uh, they think maybe he could be a sleeper and get uh, up into the first round, which is Trevin Diggs. So we'll see about we'll yep. see about that. Um, I think the I think the Vikings go corner for sure to, to get things rolling. Uh, they're going to need that help, especially with Rhodes being gone. Yeah, and, and I I don't necessarily uh, disagree on that. I think uh, they've got to replace. They've got to get some weapons. Same as Green Bay. They've got a they've got a top three NFL running back in in Dalvin Cook. Um, Cousins showing some good, some bad along the way here, but they've got to get him another piece out there outside uh, the numbers to help uh, Thielen and, and the passing yeah. game out. Then I move on to Detroit Lions. Huge for them. That's where the draft starts for me. Are they going to trade down? Are they going to take the corner? Are they going to surprise everybody and take a QB? Uh, and finally kind of uh, release the reins from Stafford in the next year or two and, and go that route. Nobody's talking about that right now, but Stafford's got a lot of miles on that body, and Tons. we don't know if they're ready to move on. It's a new regime there who's already fighting for their lives. So huge draft, four picks uh, inside the top 85 for them. Huge draft for them. And the Bears uh, need, a, need to recoup a good draft here after a, a down year making the playoffs. Um, they've got to figure something out offensively. They've got um, Nick Foles at the helm. And uh, Trubisky just doing what Trubisky does, I guess. So that's kind of I kind of threw a curveball there, but I think the NFC North is a huge draft because I, I think the division's up for grabs for at least three out of four of those teams. Yep, and uh, they could they could definitely take it and make a run with it. Well, with what they've got existing, you're right. And then you know what? I want to go back to Detroit just for a quick sec. Is that and you know I'm not a huge you know when it comes to. Uh, who's going to be picked here, there, and that. But I just wanted to touch on the first three because, you know, everybody keeps talking about Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. And, uh, okay, so l- let's say he does go number one. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a sneak there and, and they're not telling us something. But most likely he's going number one. That leaves you that leaves you with the next best guy, which is Chase Young. And, and this all signs are pointing that the skins are going to take him, right? Yeah, so, I would agree so with that. So you're yep. stuck there, but you're talking Detroit Lions number three. Uh, I know you. You're a big, big Maddie Pad, Maddie Stat Pad for uh, you and your fantasy. I know you. You know stats, but you suck at fantasy. But you always seem to take Stafford, um, and he's the man. But you're right. He's getting old. Um, why wouldn't they take? Uh, why wouldn't they take Alabama? Why wouldn't they take Tua? 
because no Alabama quarterback has any has ever won anything in the last fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, you're right there. You're right. But but if you listen to all these experts, and I don't claim to be one, but you listen to these experts, and you know, as long as his knee can hold up, I mean, the new age NFL right now, these last couple of years, especially with you know with Jackson and uh, even though Mahomes is a gunslinger, he's 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 a wild right. You've got all these guys that are running wild around all the all the quarterbacks now. So why couldn't he fit in this uh, in this league? Yeah, I just don't know. Uh, I just don't know if he's accurate enough. Yeah, um, but you, you definitely raise you definitely raise some great questions um, along the way there on on Detroit and and what they may or may not do. And and I think you're right. I think we both kind of see that that they're the wild card in in all of this, and that um, you know we're both not um, letting in the cat out of the bag on on them potentially going quarterback, which. Even with all these prognosticators, nobody's even mentioned that. Yep. Um, even as a need, even as any of that. So, um, but yeah, t- I think getting back to your question on on Tua, I'm just not sold. I'm not sold. I'm not there yet. Um, I'm not sold on any of the quarterbacks, to be honest with you, John, in, in this draft. But um, we'll have to let it play what out. About um, well, real quickly then, before we go to break, what? Uh, who's your least that it doesn't really matter? I think coming in, I believe they're the 11th overall pick. Um, they had a couple games that easy schedule last year and a couple games that were gifted to them uh, later on in the year. My Bills Bills gave them a, a free win in the, in the last game of the year. Uh, the New York Jets. I think this team is still terrible. Uh, <laughs> it needs offensive line help. Um, uh, the quarterback is just not developing. Uh, they have no receivers period there are no weapons Le'Veon Bell uh shouldn't have took a year off obviously yeah. and uh to be honest they suck they, and I think no matter what they do in those four picks in the top 75 I ain't gonna matter I think they're gonna be a losing team again next year and uh I'm happy that they're a losing team because they're in my beloved Bills division and they can stay in that losing uh mold for uh, as long as they see fit J-E-T-S suck 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 <laughs> perfect way to send us off the break dutch right. so uh yeah let's get uh let's get the break there and then uh when we come back we'll uh we'll move on to uh our ne- next topic which is uh the pga tour and and uh all their shenanigans real life passion for real life sports The Devil's Advocates of Sports Talk Radio. All right, guys, welcome back. Thanks very much uh, for listening. We're uh, pumped to talk about golf here. Of course, um, as we told you in uh, episode one, Steph and I are both golf pros here. Um, Let's get into our lives a little bit. Uh, How about we get into a little of this? Ginger, what do you say? What do you think? You ready? Oh, I'm ready. I've been fired up all week. All right, it's time. It's time to take the trash out. It's Ginger's garbage time. Fire away. Time to throw out the trash. Welcome to Ginger's garbage. Well, first off, I wanted to start 
by uh, throwing out some trash here tonight and, and who I'm going to throw out and, and why I'm going to throw them out. I'm going to throw out the PGA Tour. What the fuck are you doing? You're announcing that you're coming back June 8th. Let's just get into this for a second here, Dutch. We've got the Bell Canadian Open canceled. Whole country, whole city put on shutdown. No way we're running that event. The British Open, not running. No way we're running that event. But the PGA Tour, as tone deaf as they are, has the audacity to come out here and roll out pretty much the rest of the year's schedule. I get it. I get you need a schedule. But you do not need to announce it. And you do not need to declare that you're going to need a million COVID tests to get through this season and this schedule that you so-called proclaim you're going to roll out here. You then have the audacity to try to tell people that you're going to limit the staff. Meanwhile, when you look at the schedule, they're trekking people all over America from Texas back up to Michigan to Timbuktu all over the map. How many people are needed to run these tour events? You know, doing some research on it. They're talking on an average tour event, there's anywhere from 1,500 to 2,000 people. So even if you minimize that and said 750 people, you're trekking 750 people across America in the middle of a goddamn pandemic. PGA Tour, I'm throwing you out. You're trash. That's great. That's great, Ginger. You know what? I couldn't agree with you more. You know you know what? I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, it makes no sense. But you know what? <sighs> If there is a sport we, we've been talking about, is there, is there a sport that can do it or get close to doing it? It would be golf. And, and frankly, they have no choice. They're losing sponsors left, right, and center. And if, if they don't start, there may not be a PGA Tour. Don't get me wrong. There also may not be lives. And we've talked about this at length. You've got caterers. You've got limo services, hotels, stay-ups. Sure, we can say, oh, we're going to put them in all these different places and that, but all it takes is one person, one person to mess it up and you're back to square one, especially when it comes to sports and, and in front and the limelight of everybody. Um, it's going to be a disaster, I, I really think. And, and they're starting it in Michigan, which is one of the bigger hit um, states over in the United States, if I'm correct. Yeah, and it's just on the, the uprise of the pandemic. It's a state that's been kind yeah. of in idle. And is now starting to get on that curve and now on the upward swing of that curve, as, as we know about here being in Ontario, um, as we're hoping to be in our peak here. But what, what are you doing? I get it, John. They're, they're losing sponsors left, right and center and, and the viability. But we're talking about yeah. human life here. You have the balls to come out there and say that we need a million tests yeah. to be able to get through the end of the year. There's people that can't even get yeah. a test yeah. out there we, right we, now. There's people that yeah. are dying for a test. They want to know. Yeah, we need an upward of a million tests, but yet, but yet, fifty percent of the golf courses in the United States are open right now in some capacity. Just whatever, man. We'll 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 let you die and let you get hurt, like or let you get the virus. I mean, come on, it, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, I know we're all chomping at the bit here, and you know it's our livelihoods here too, running a golf course. But the fact of the matter is, it's not as simple as people think. You know, I heard um, Ian Leggett talking. He's a, a local golf pro around here as well, uh, and obviously former PGA Tour guy. And he's been ripping everybody about it. And and I have to take, I have to agree with him. I, I as much as I want to open it, it's easier said than done. It's not like you're 
we're at a private golf course where we can say, yep, no problem. Go to the tee and go play golf. And you can go as one or two and social distance from each other and take the, uh, flat, the don't touch the flags, uh, no rakes, blah, blah, blah. All the bullshit that we've been hearing for, for days now about how people are going to do it. And we're going to, we're going to um, prepay and we're going to do all this. It, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous to, to, to do it. I'm, I'm ready when green light starts, I am absolutely ready to rock and roll. But until then, we got to stay safe. Yeah, and and there's there's no argument. I think from either of us on on you know is the act of golf, you know, able to be social distance? Absolutely, that we can go out there and play golf and 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 stay six feet apart or two meters apart and and do all those things that you just talked about. But what everybody loses sight of is is that. It's just like, and, and, and no means or no form or fashion am I comparing myself or any of our uh, fantastic staff at the golf course uh, to the frontline workers, but that's who, that's yep. who's affected here because as soon as these golf course opens or have the green lights open, they're going to be ordering all the protective equipment, right? Which means it's taking it away from the hospitals, from the people who actually yep. need it. I agree. Dutch. Not the PGA Tour. Where's the leadership from the commissioner down? You know, you hear Adam Silver saying, yeah, great. We have all these plans. Even Gary Bettman, and you know I'm not a Bettman fan. You know how yep. I feel about Bettman. Even he is saying, we're gonna, when, when we're ready and you give us the green light, like you said, we'll be ready to play in some form or fashion. We got a plan. Adam Silver, we got a plan. Roger Goodell, we got a plan. But you don't need to roll the plan out and then shove it in everybody's face. Just pour leadership down um, from the PGA Tour. And uh, just I'm really disappointed uh, being a golf professional on, on how they, they handled yep, this. Absolutely. One. And I'll leave it with uh, leave it with you on the local side, too, is, is that. You know, and I'm not discrediting what what our our my our fellow professionals are doing. And that is it's just that, you know, they're, they're all coming up with these plans, but yet we don't know what the plan is. And I got a shout out to another ginger who was on the same page as us, who runs a golf course uh, up in Oxbridge. And when the time is right, we'll roll out the plan. But there's no point in telling you a plan if we don't even know we're allowed to do the plan. That's right. You know? That's uh, right. I mean, I mean, enough said. Yep. I want to start. I listen. I'm, I'm tired of sitting at home. Uh, doing this on a regular basis right now i'm enjoying our little podcast thing and having fun with it but i'm, I'm tired of uh i'm tired of this this wait and see uh, approach so well, let's hope uh let's hope in the next three weeks here or so uh, we can get rolling uh i think long weekend is best case scenario uh june 1st um sounds realistic but let's hope let's hope we're wrong yep let's obviously you know we want the uh, the health and safety of everybody first and and we said that right from our our podcast uh, number one it. all the way through so um, I know, I know, we're on the same page on that front. Um, let's uh, let's dive in quickly here. We haven't had uh, for our NHL listeners, uh, we haven't dived too much into the NHL. But um, did you have a chance to watch the uh, that Gretzky and uh, Ovechkin interview? Uh, yeah, I caught the last few minutes of it. Um, it, was, it was it was nice to see. I don't know. It's hard to tell if he's if, if Gretzky's as sincere as as he says he is. Right? I mean, it sounds it sounds like it, but uh, it, it was uh, definitely nice to to see them uh, to see them chat. Yeah, I was wondering if he was into a couple uh, bottles of his <laughs> his own little private wine stash exactly. there <laughs> when yeah. he was chatting away. Um, you know, both of them are, are elite goal scorers, but, um, you know, 
as, as we've kind of themed this one out in podcast three or, um, you know, who's, who's, who's the goat is what, uh, what we could call this one, but uh, goal score, uh, who, who are you giving the nod to? I know there's, you know, four or five, six different options there, but, um, all time goal score. I, we all know the, the rest, the records that Gretzky set, but, um, uh, you know, who you got is that all time, uh, all time greatest. You know, and I went back and forth many a times, you know, year after year after year, but, the longer he stays in this league and the longer he keeps performing, I have to go with Ovechkin. He's he's the purest goal scorer. Is he the best ever player? No, but that's not what we're talking about. I mean, we can talk. Uh, there's many of uh, arguments on that when you throw in all those guys from or still amusing and, and deeper, deeper down. Um, I don't know. Definitely, I think Ovechkin. I don't think he's going to catch... Gretzky so you know what I'm not going to use that argument that once he gets there because I don't think he's going to he's got to average 30 plus goals for the next six seasons and you know what with this stuff going on right now there may not be a season and the longevity longevity for him he looks great right now but we we're seeing it well what we're going to find out this year with Brady went back to NFL but these kids are machines man they're, they're machines. They're, they're, they're getting faster and faster as we see every year. He can't keep getting faster. He's eventually, father time is going to kick in. So, Ovechkin, purest, best goal scorer in my opinion. I got to disagree with you on that one. I got to uh, I got to go with Wayner. Um, you know, obviously he he played uh, you know fourteen hundred and eighty seven games. He's he's well ahead of Ovechkin, and I don't know if Ovechkin will ever get to that number, but um, eight hundred ninety four goals ahead of Gordy Howe, ahead of them all. Um, you know, there was there was no better than Wayne. Period. Uh, whether it be putting the puck in the net or or getting his teammates involved, um, you know, some are going to argue uh, the style of play was different back then. Yeah, yeah, you may be saying apples to oranges, but you know what? Um, This is what we love to do as sports fans and is debate these things. And and they can't be, uh, you know, there's metrics now put in place with with certain things, but uh, you can never take that. Yeah, you can go with that. And you can also talk with your metrics and your stats and all that again, too. But the bottom line is the argument will not that I'm right here, but the argument will always be debatable. But come on, Gretzky shot against stick boys. Okay. The, the the he the, he was an old old stick. He shot he shot against guys that barely had equipment on. Okay, to Ovechkin playing in in the the modern age where everything is is so technical and the the machines that they can work out on the speed the the accuracy needs to be ten times more than Gretzky. Yeah, Gretzky could skate and he was dynamic for his time. But if if Gretzky was playing in this age. I don't know. And we'll argue down the road. Do you think Connor McDavid? Boom. Wow. I can't believe I brought up the local guy. In, yep. in, in 15 years from now, if he stays healthy, are we going to be talking Connor McDavid's the greatest goal scorer ever, greatest player ever? Yep. And there, there is some candidates. Um, you know, you look at a guy who was well on his way to 50 goals this year in, in uh, mm-hmm. Austin Matthews, four goals in his, in his first game. And, um, you know, just an absolute, uh, absolute sniper. But if you know if you're talking pure goal scores, like uh, you know, Gretzky Gretzky could score in in all different ways, and he scored in every different way, and and that's to me what a pure goal scorer is. You know, sitting at, sitting on the left point and and uh, you know clapping the one timer from from the point 
um, bar down as, as my hockey fans would say. Does yeah. That, yeah. Does it do it for you? It does because you want to know why? Because they all know it's coming <laughs> and they still can't stop it. Yeah. But I know he's got a rocket. I'm not, I'm not denying that he's got a rocket, but, but you know, you look at guys like Gretzky and Lemieux and uh, you know, Lemieux's an underrated goal scorer as well. Yep. Probably up there in that, in that yep. top three, top four, for sure. If not, yep. some people would have him number one. Um, you know, end to end rushes, all those things. You, you just don't see it from Ovechkin. It just seems to be that same, you know, one timer or, or shot from the slot that, that goes in, but I just don't get why the goalies aren't ready for it. And I just, I just can't put him up there as my, you know, my top elite goal. Scorer, yeah. He my, has my definitely been scorer. criticized for, um, for lack of defense and that, but as, as far as goal score, he's, he's, he's there. He's there for sure. And you know what? We could, if we played all 800 and something goals, that's eventually going to happen with Ovechkin to Gretzky's, uh, we can have another full conversation of good goals, bad goals, difference in plays. There's no doubt, uh, you know, 39, 50 and 39 for Gretzky is, will never be touched. Um, no. Great argument to have for sure. Lo- love them both. Uh, I I didn't think I'd say I loved uh, you, you know not to stereotype it. And I'm not. I hope I don't get ripped for this because it's not on this terms here. But you know what? I didn't think I'd like a Russian as much uh, hockey player as I do Ovechkin. He's just he's not afraid to smash it up, bang it up on like some of the softer guys back in the day. Um, he's a he's a brute. He loves to win. He reminds me of Michael Jordan. Uh, sorry to go back to the last dance, but he does. All he wants to do is win, and that's that's why I love him. And don't don't get me wrong. I got a Gretzky jer- jersey in my basement, signed an autograph from uh, a good buddy of mine who used to go to the Gretzky fantasy camps. And he's probably he's going to listen to this, and he's going to be like, "You're crazy, Gretzky won Gretzky 100." percent That's he's a big lover of him, but no. Still gonna say Ovechkin, and it's a it's a great great argument for sure. Yeah, and and I'm just looking at uh, you know some of the some of the key points here, and and um, you know you're looking at it. Ovechkin 260 power play goals to to yeah. Wainers 204, huge one here. Um, where Ovechkin doesn't get shifts, and you can argue whether you know it's because he's not on the ice or whatever. But 73 shorthanded goals for for Wayne right. uh, to four for Ovechkin. Um, but it goes, then there's a, there's a plus here for Ovechkin, 110 uh, game winning yep. goals for Alexander Ovechkin. Only yep. nine, only 91 for Wayner. So, you know, some of those big time goals. Um, yeah. Ice in, time. I'd want to know what ice time eight, too, because right? so, I'm, I'm sure Gretzky averaged way more ice time than Ovechkin did, especially since he played on the, the penalty kill and he played virtually, you know, as much as he could. He was probably, you know, again, those days, there's no such thing as load management back there, uh, back then, right? It was you play and, and you play as much as you can. Yeah, and the, you know those analytics with the chips in the in the shoulder pads yeah. and, and seeing how much they're skating and how much ice time they got in yeah, practice exactly. and and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't around back then. It was okay, Wayne, you're triple shifting and and off you go, go win yeah. us, uh, yeah, go win us the hockey game, right? So. Awesome. Uh, anything else you wanted to throw in there before we? Uh, no, we man, that was wicked. That was a, that was a great session. Uh, we're uh, we're rocking and rolling now. We uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how the outcome is here. Hopefully, everybody's going to listen. Make sure you guys follow us uh, on Facebook. 
Twitter. Check us out. And don't forget, you got Anchor, Spotify, and uh, let's hope uh, soon we can get to Apple. I'm Ginger. And I'm Dutch.